What's up, guys? Welcome to God and Government every Wednesday. Today's Wednesday, right? Yeah, that's right. Every Wednesday at 11 o'clock, I'm Pastor Stewart. This is Pastor Brandon Neely. Uh, Good to see everybody signing in on the live feed. We live stream this every Wednesday at 11 o'clock. For those of you that are listening to this on your podcast feeds, on your phone or whatever, um, you can also find us live, facebook.com. Um, and search for Christchurch Media. We'll put the show up live every Wednesday at 11, and it's good times. That's uh, it, and all these shows are on uh, Sermon Audio. Sermon Audio, that's right, SermonAudio.com. We Are Christchurch. That's right, you can mm-hmm. search We Are Christchurch, all one word, find all those things there. Subscribe to the podcast, get all the all the feeds. All the feeds, that's right. we got God and Government, we got Homestead, and or Household and Homestead, we've yeah. got How to Dad. Um, How to Dad. Oh, we got stuff with Pastor Kirk going mm-hmm. on. We've got our Philippians Bible study. Let's talk with Pastor Kirk. <laughs> Let's Alexander, talk. Uh, dealing with Christian counseling. and It's a good times, man. It's good times. Hey, guys, see everybody signing in the feed. Welcome to... Good to see you. Pastor Kirk, thanks for the love. Kevin, Sydney, Emily, Kobe, welcome, you guys. Glad to have you all in. Um, I think first thing we've got to talk about, obviously, it's April 15th. April 15th, mm. historically, is tax day. It's when really it's when that's you, today. It's okay. when you pay a lot. Yeah, right. Isn't today? The, it is today's the fifteenth. Well, our taxes were lowered though. Um, well, were they? Were they? Were they? <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> so today, instead, like what's actually happened today is people have been getting their stimulus checks. The first mm. stimulus checks have started landing in people's bank account. I haven't seen mine yet. I am sort of convinced that I may never see mine. I don't know exactly what's going on. Have with faith. That. Have faith. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> Just trust. Just trust in the government. You open your eyes one morning as the <laughs> sun is uh, and manna from heaven through. Yes, has his mercies into your are bank new account. every morning. <laughs> oh, 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 oh man! But we got to talk about this. Like it's, I'm sure people who are watching <laughs> right now, it's landing in their bank accounts. You know, so and we've talked about what the Christian response is to these kind of things before. But what what should be our disposition right now? This money is starting to actually land in the account. You know, all I can hear in my mind is dire straits, money for nothing. Remember that old song? I do. Sting sang back up. <laughs> money your, for nothing. And your chicks, chicks for, for free. free. <laughs> yes. But this is a family show, Pastor right. Stewart. We don't talk about that kind of stuff. But there is no money for nothing. <laughs> right, right. God said in the very beginning, man shall eat by the sweat of his brow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Money, true wealth, has to be and is connected to work. If it's not connected to work, it's connected to theft mm. or some form of debt, right. debt bondage. Right. So my biggest theological point is when you're getting money for free, somebody worked for it right, or you're going to work for it. Right. You're either going into debt, right, mm-hmm. um, or you are, are getting stolen property. From somebody else. Now, of or maybe course, it's both. It's or a little bit of at both. At the same time. A little bit right. of both. But right. the idea that the sovereign on high, the federal government, right. can create money without work from nothing. Right. As, as though they own a cattle on a thousand hills and their mercies are new every morning and Ooh. they're infinite in their benevolence Ooh. and their abundance. Okay. As if they can rain manna into our accounts, direct deposit. Right. This is an idolatrous worldview. And right. this is a charade. Right. It's a delusion. 
There is no such thing as money for free. The way the world works is money comes by the sweat of your brow. Right. And a free man has the freedom to work, to earn a profit, to gain property, to hold on to those fruits, and then with the profits to share and be generous to others. Mm. This is what a free man created in the image of God has the right from God to do. Mm. This stimulus check is one of the millions of assaults on our freedom and on the future of our country. So, got right. it. Oh, I'm deeply concerned about it. Right. right. Now, of course, they've taken way more from your income. Oh, yeah. No, the stimulus, the stimulus check yeah, doesn't really even it's help that much. not even close much. to how much they've have they, <laughs> Already they've taken, taken from your work. Uh, that's right. That's right? right. And from your property. And it's interesting to me that they won't say, that the government won't say, here's some of your tax money back, just keep it. Let's lower taxes. Or, or yeah, or let's, let's lower the tax, mm-hmm. the penalty that we have placed on your work. Let's lower that. They won't do that. No. No, it's, and every economist that I've, like everybody who actually knows and understands the economy and how it works and that I've seen are all saying, this is super dangerous, and it's only going to lead to more problems later. Yeah, and it, but it's more of the same. You know, this ship has sailed decades ago. Mm. And so nobody knows what the future holds. No uh, doubt. Nobody knows. This is unprecedented. Checks, free money of this magnitude. Well, remember when Shutting down entire with, economies, this is unprecedented. Right. We'll see what the future holds. With George Bush, we thought we were feeling so special whenever we got our, what was it, like $800 stimulus check. Ooh, $800. Yeah, those, those socialist Democrats, I'll tell you what, <laughs> handing out free money. Oh, wait. Wait. <laughs> Hold on. What's uh, happening? Well, we, There's uh, no such thing we as lost a fiscal enough listeners at this point now. Fiscal conservatives, okay. What is that? What yeah. is that? You know, what we really want down in our hearts, if I could segue into our topic this morning, mm. is we want a, a king. We want a government that will work for us so that we don't have to work. Mm. We it's want, like laziness inside of we, our hearts. Yeah. We want some power on high, some centralized power to sweat. So that we can enjoy our leeks, our onions, you know, all the fish that we could eat. All mm. We don't want the responsibility of saving, of having emergency funds, of working hard. We want to have luxury and leisure and waste massive amounts of time. Mm. We don't want to be like the ant who saved up in the harvest. We want to put those burdens and responsibilities on a higher power, on a king, so that he might fight our battles for us. And so that he might actually pillage our neighbors hmm. to maintain our habits of idleness and our habits of leisure and luxury. What's going on here is nothing new. It is the heart of man, the heart of idolatrous societies, and, and we see it chronicled in the scriptures in 1 Samuel chapter 8. Ooh. 1 Samuel chapter 8. Give us a king. Is that the give us a king little moment here? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Paul says the stories and the, and the anecdotes and the narratives in the Old Testament are written down for us as examples. Mm. We should learn from them. Well, let's learn. This is a beautiful one right here. First Samuel <laughs> chapter 8, verse 4. The elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. 
Now, Samuel was the mouthpiece of God. He was the prophet of God. Prophet he of was God, the, yep. the judge. He was the one appointed by God to uh, administrate and to, to rule, not uh, as a dictator, but through the elders and through the elected um, leaders of Israel, through the various chieftains and household uh, heads in the uh, various tribes. Mm. But Samuel was sort of God's voice on earth at that time. Okay. So all the elders of Israel, they come together. They come to Samuel, verse 5, and they said to him, Behold, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Behold, you are old. Behold, you are old. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks a lot. Guys, right? <laughs> You're incompetent. Mm. You're not able to bring us into the future. You're not able to make us uh, great again, to give us a future we can believe in. Mm. We need something more polished, more shiny, more, um, you know, more effective, more uh, pragmatic. You know, you're old school. Right. And we see these Philistines over here. They've got weapons. They've got chariots. They've got kings. They've oh. got all this because they have kings. They've and got we the, don't have yeah, that. We, we want to look like them. We don't have all these things. And, mm. and you're just, you know, you're just a little bit out of your depth here, Samuel. Of course, we know that it's not really Samuel that they have a problem with. Samuel is God's word. Samuel is God's prophet. It's really God. And God tells Samuel this. He tells Samuel, don't take it personally. They've been um, rejecting me since the beginning. Mm-hmm. But they've got a problem with Samuel. They don't like how his sons are, are leading. So verse 6, or I'm sorry, now appoint, they say to, to Samuel in verse 5, appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. A hmm. king to judge. We'll come back to what that means. Okay. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. Hmm. Wow. Um, I'm sure our listeners are somewhat familiar with this account, right? Well, we just did a sermon series on this, what, like uh, Folks at Christ Church ago, heard yeah. this sermon series. Right. But, you know, in my experience, you need to repeat something. I think About it's like seven times. 27? <laughs> 27 times before people say, wait, are you saying this? Wait. I'm triggered by this. You're saying this. I've been saying this for a long time. Okay? So we're going to do it again, but this time we're, gonna, we're going to dig a little bit deeper. Mm. But those who aren't in Christchurch, you may never even heard this before. So strap on. Here oh, we go. Well, it won't be too bad. <laughs> so this was the end of an era. Revival had broken out in Israel 20 years earlier. That's right. Whenever Samuel had first come on the scene, right? Isn't well, that right? the Philistines were dominating them, harassing them, taxing them, tyrannizing them. They had even uh, captured the ark. The yeah. Israel thought that they could just trot the art out, ark out in battle. And then God would give them victory because yeah, they it, had their magic, their little token piece. Look, look, we've right. done this thing right. It's like when uh, politicians or athletes, you know, shoot one up to the man upstairs. You know, <laughs> they they right. thought they could bring a little rabbit's foot into battle. <laughs> and and God would be on their side. Lo and behold, the Philistines beat them. Right. And captured the ark, didn't captured they? Captured the ark. But mm. then God, without anyone's help, with the ark of the covenant in Philistine hands, decimates the entire Philistine um, society. Over and over again. They keep Just bringing like it to different Egypt. cities. Yes. And each city got wrecked each time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's Everywhere right. they bring the ark, God fights the, his battles. By himself. He brings victory to his people, just like Jesus brought victory to us. Right. We had nothing to do with it. Right. Right. God brings victory to Israel. They once again are sparked to believe in him. 
they set up this huge memorial of revival that we call an Ebenezer today, a pile mm. of stones, a big memorial to remember God's salvation that he wrought right. in Israel. Right. But that was 20 years ago. So that was, for us, that would be like Y2K. Right. That right. was, uh, what's going on in the year 2000, you know? Uh, yeah, Y2K was. I just was got the... my uh, first full-time teaching gig in 2000. Oh, really? Yeah, in 2000. Oh, wow. 9-11 was about to, 9-11, no. That's that was 01. 10 years ago. Was that? I can't remember. Two, I, I was, think uh, 01, yeah. I was a sophomore in high school then. So this, <laughs> this miraculous earthquake, this shattering revival took place 20 years ago. Mm. But they had forgotten it. Their children didn't remember it. It wasn't passed down. Like Deuteronomy 6 says to do. Right. Pass. Okay. Revival's like manna. It, it rots, you know, if it's, mm. if it's left, uh, if you don't eat it. Okay. You, you, can't, you can't enjoy the revival of your grandparents. You can't enjoy the revival of, of your descendants. You can't enjoy the, rev- the revival of the founders of our nation or those pilgrims that came over for religious freedom. You can't enjoy any revivals of the past. You can't enjoy the revivals of the Great Awakening or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You can only experience it for yourself. It goes bad over time. And in, in this case, it went bad in one generation. Hmm. The parents didn't Just pass down. one generation down. later. One generation. The parents, wow. the history teachers, the fathers, the nation didn't pass down the gospel of Jesus Christ, the laws of God, the, the name of God. To the next generation. Mm. They didn't make disciples of their own children. Mm. And so these children forget. They are enamored by the innovations and the blessings and the luxuries of the nations around them. They're envious. They want some of that, those spoils. They want some of that good stuff. Mm. And so they're looking to another method. They don't want to be patient. They don't want to work. They don't want to have to do it God's way. Mm-hmm. By the sweat of your brow, mm-hmm. that's how you build wealth. You pass it down to your children. It takes time. You sacrifice for others. Right. They, no. They want a king, just like they the want other him nations. now. They want a king now, and they want him so that they can be like all the other nations. Mm-hmm. Right. You see, when you turn from God, you don't enter into a sort of a neutral space. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? There is no neutral. There is no neutral. You're, if you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping idols. Mm. If you're not trusting in God, you're trusting in idols. You don't leave the worship of God and enter into some neutral space. You leave the worship of God and enter into a worship of an idol. Mm. And when you worship idols, you always receive in return, not what they promise you, but slavery. When you give over to an, to an idol, to a false god, your allegiance, and you bow your knee to him, and you submit your freedom to the will of that god, mm-hmm. he's not like our god that sets you free in return. You know, it's not like our god who can meet your needs. They enslave you, mm-hmm. dominate you, and milk you for all your worth. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen here. Spiritually. And that's what they're going to warn him about. Right? Yeah. God, God warns them. He says, hey, listen, watch out, guys. This is how this king is going to treat you. He's going to warn coming. them. But let's take just a moment to talk about what's going on in their hearts. Okay. Because we can take that and really apply it to ourselves today. Like, what's happening to the, to the people spiritually? Okay. 
God tells us explicitly they're rejecting him. So we know that. Okay. They're rejecting his laws. We know that because in Deuteronomy, it says plainly that you're not to have massive standing armies, massive chariots and war chests. You're not to have an army like the other nations. You're not supposed to have that. So not only they're rejecting God, they're rejecting his law. They've forgotten his law. Hmm. They don't trust in his ways to order a society. They're trusting in this central planner, you know, this, this exalted, powerful person to do it on their behalf. So you see what's going on in there. Hmm. They don't have trust. That's the foundation of it. They don't have trust for the Lord. Or his word or his ways. Hmm. They don't believe his law leads to life. They don't believe that he's good to them. It, that's really at the heart of it. Hmm. Right? Not only that... They're trying to solve their own problems, their own ways. Not even just problems. They, Because God really showed them how well he can take care of them. Mm. It, they want some more stuff. Mm. They want what the other nations have. It's the spoils of war. They want their neighbor's property. Ah, so it's theft, really, is what's going on. It's, it's greed. They're looking inward. They're wanting to get what they want by any means necessary. That's what we're really chasing. We here. know this for certain. James says, why are there wars amongst you? Is it not because you want and do not have? Mm. That's at the heart of contention, of warfare, of strife, is that you want something that you don't have. Mm. Instead of trust, instead of like Paul says, I have learned contentment. Right. I've learned in, in plenty I am content, and in little I am content. It's a totally different thing. Being content in Amen. what the Lord provides, no matter what it is, instead saying, I want that shiny whatever. And, and they had no satisfaction in the Lord. Mm. The Lord didn't satisfy their desires. The mm. Lord didn't fill that, you know, that hole in their hearts. Mm. So it's not only um, what we would say is a lack of faith and fear, but it's also a covetousness, a lust. They want their neighbor's property, and they see this as how the other nations go about it. This is how the other nations get the good stuff. So we just want to, we want to do it that way. We it, want to do it this like way that. works. That's right. We want this way. That's exactly right. I got it. This now, pragmatism. How, it's pragmatism. And how many times does the church do this? Mm. I mean, in the, in the methods and the programs in the, uh, the ways we go about doing things, we see what works here. We want this. We want that. We want right. the money, the budgets, the buildings, the audience. Right. And this is how you get it, presto, instead of waiting on the Lord, trusting in the Lord. Turning Sunday mornings into, into a production, oh. into, a, into a, a, a thing where you go to, to watch, like a spectacle. When the truth of the matter is there's no church on this planet that will ever compete with Disney World. Right. <laughs> like there's no, you can't do it. They've got way bigger no. budgets and much more talented well, actors and, and all businesses that. could do this too. Businesses see how the sleek, powerful do it. Oh, yeah. They could adopt those practices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of trusting in God's law, they lack trust in God, and they want what others have. And so they turn to these pragmatic means. This principle, this principle here can be applied in many directions, mm. many directions. They wanted precisely what God had commanded them not to have, a massive standing army with the king, with chariots and war chests. Mm. They want it so that they can have their neighbor's property. But even more, they say that they want a king to judge us. Yeah, so you said earlier, what does that mean? What are we getting at there? 
Well, in, in the scriptures, to judge can mean to rule. Okay. Now, the reason why the word is judge, now, when we think of a judge, we think of one who makes decisions based on case laws and, and based on precedent. He uses mm-hmm. wisdom to d- judge between two parties. Mm-hmm. You know? um, for them, the rulers were also the judges. Okay. Like, think of King Solomon. Yeah. He was the executive, and he was the a, judge. a judge. He discerned um, Moses as well. Well, even all the way to Caesar, too. Paul says, I appeal to Caesar. That seems to be like a historical tradition so, in ancient so culture. In, in, yeah, so for them, when they say Samuel was a judge, he was the, he was the president, but he was also the, a judge. Mm-hmm. So those words are interchangeable. But what's going on here is they want someone to govern them. Now, why would anyone want a powerful king to govern them? I mean, the only explanation is that they didn't possess self-government. Okay. That, that injustice was running rampant in the society. Right. People were taking advantage of one another. They needed a king not only to fight their battles for them, but to protect them from their neighbors. Okay. To protect them from their brothers and sisters. They needed a king to come and, and lay down the law in this city. Okay. You, know, you don't, when, when things are going bad in a city and no one has self-government, you don't say, what we need around here is Barney Fife. <laughs> right. You only want Barney Fife to lock up a drunk here or there. But th- by and large, you don't have to lock your doors. Everyone enjoys self-government. Right. But when people don't enjoy self-government and their neighbors don't have self-government, no one keeps their word or their contracts, you know, you can't leave your doors unlocked, that's when your police need armored personnel carriers. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. That's when your police have to work out full-time so they can be huge and buff. And that's when your police start to walk around your church parking lot and hand out tickets Hmm. because you're doing a drive-in church. So you don't get to have it both ways. You don't have self-government, so you appeal to a king to govern you. Hmm. That is a recipe for oppression. When you turn to false idols, you don't get what you went into it for. And this is even, like, God even warns them about that specific line, He's going to tell them. He's going to say, you don't know what you're asking for. This is going to end up in essentially bringing you back to Egypt. You won't be under Pharaoh. Hmm. You'll be under Jeroboam, for example. So the calling, then, for the... It it seems to me like we're talking that it boils down to the individual. The calling for the individual is to self-govern and to teach your household how to self-govern and and the only way to do that is if you have something that governs over you and God's the answer law. to that is God the law of God right right yeah it's one of the points we make often and that's the building blocks of a free society are free families hmm. families that instill self-government in their children through the rod of correction and instruction and in righteousness are families that build free societies when the family deteriorates, children aren't being raised with self-government, and therefore you need political powers, swords, guns, chariots, to judge over you. Right. It, it's, this is all interconnected. Study after study after study has drawn the attention of the need, the real need in the, 
in our society to fathers. Yeah. Conclusion after conclusion, the, a lot of the issues that we're dealing with today are the direct result of the absence of fathers. The, the deterioration of the family, mm. the assaults on it, the attacks on it, the abdication of it. Mm. It's the same is true in the church. The proving ground of elders is the family. Right. If you don't have qualified men in your church to rule over you and to be elders, it's because your families aren't discipling their children. Mm. I mean, the families are the building block. It's God's ordained method of instilling self-government, self-control, right. and instruction in the next generation. Imagine if we got this for like two or three generations, what our churches would look like in 100 years. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But they didn't do it. So in one generation, they lost the revival. Mm. Tyranny takes its place. They want to be like all the other nations. They want their neighbor's property, and they need a, a power to come in, a centralized power to come in and govern over them. So when we're saying tyranny, what we're talking about is the, the government coming in and exerting its control. Well, right. yes, but government does have legitimate purposes, as, right. You know, That's right. as outlined in Scripture. What we mean by tyranny is illegitimate government, illegitimate mm. authority and power. Usurping its boundaries, usurping its role, operating outside of its jurisdiction. But that's what happens if you don't govern yourselves. That everyone's going to beg for them to do that, right? To to go in and take over the family mm. and to govern the children for the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So God, though God doesn't say, "Fine, you know, forget all you people." He still is a gracious provider. He still is a shepherd. And he tells Samuel, don't take it personally. They've always been rejecting me. This is just another manifestation of their idolatry. Mm. But I need you to warn them. And the, the, the grace here is that he's still working with them. He's going to sh- continue to show grace on them throughout this whole process, which is amazing, after the insult, uh-huh. right? Right. <laughs> after how right. quick they are to forget his goodness. But he is going to warn them like a good shepherd. Like a watchman on the wall. Say, watch out. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. Of course, he's, they're not going to heed Samuel's words. Samuel is an old, old fuddy-duddy. He, he, he's he not up to better. speed on the new, uh, right. you know, the new way. But in verse 11, we start to see the warnings. And for our listeners, we've got a few this morning. We've got, we got, got a good few this morning. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, for our listeners... If you aren't picking up on this already, their history is quite parallel to ours. The warnings here that are given to Israel about trusting in a king like the other nations can be very easily applied to us today. Mm, Okay, okay. So just take this first warning. I'm listening. I don't know about everybody else. I'm I'm listening. Yeah, verse 11, he said... (laughs) These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. All right, God's speaking. This is his prophetic warning. He will take your sons. Now, you would think that that'd be enough. Right. No need to finish that sentence, God. Right. We recant. We're done here. We're done. I'm out. Apparently, they didn't mind their sons being enslaved. It was a trade-off. He will take your sons. And he will appoint them to his chariots and to be horsemen and to run before his chariots, which means he will conscript your sons for his army. In other words, there's going to be a draft. There will be a draft. Dang. Drafts are seen here as a warning against 
idolatry toward the state. Oh, snap. <laughs> All right. If we can All be right. frank here, drafts are evil. Okay. They're tyrannical. Okay. They're status and they're tyrannical. You will fight this war. You do not have a choice. You're going. But we will actually go into the household and we will steal your legacy. We will steal those blessings that God gave to your family. Mm. We will steal, in that day and age, a son was a father's social security. Right. They didn't, they didn't and still have... still even today to an extent. Yes, you know? especially in a Christian family where right. you're responsible to care for your aged parents. Right. The king would go in and he would um, liquidate their social security. He would steal their future. He would steal the legacy and the name of their household. And he would send it off to fight an unjust war of, uh, of theft. And your son would pay the price. Mm. This is what will happen if you turn to idols for safety, security, and for leisure and luxury. Instead of trusting in the Lord. Amen. I got it. You know, you see, our Ooh. founders understand, understood this. That's why Congress is supposed to uh, vote to, a, to a declare war. Because Congress represents the people. They're the closest representatives of the people. Hmm. So the idea was that the will of the people could be best expressed through that Congress, through those local elected representatives. And if the people said, we need to go to war, if the case was made that they need to go to war, they would go to war of their own freedom, free men, each and every individual as a nobleman and a freeman, right. choosing to go to war, to fight a just war in the name of the Lord. When was the last time that Congress actually voted on any of the wars we've been in in the last 20 years? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hasn't happened. So that, that's the ideal, and this has been lost in our nation. Mm. And, and trust me, this is not just a, a, a leftist liberal thing. It just depends on whose office, who's in office, who's the president. Right. Republicans have no problem declaring war and sending sons off to die without any kind of vote of the, of the representatives. Mm -hmm. We live in this state of society. We've turned to a king to rule over us. Right. Verse 12, and he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will put your sons to work in his factories, and he will put to your sons to work as servants, as serfs, as slaves on, in his fields. You see that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The heirs to the household will become slaves in the king's vast estates that he has stolen from you. You think of Ahab. Okay. Stole Naboth, Naboth's uh, vineyard. Centralized power, exercising eminent domain, taking the land for himself, taking the sons and the wealth and the blessings of the households and enslaving them. You can already see that they're, God is predicting they're going to just go back to Egypt spiritually. Mm -hmm. Right. Functionally, they'll still be in Egypt. They'll have just a new pharaoh. Yeah, he's saying your hearts are enslaved, mm -hmm. and pretty soon your whole life is going to be enslaved. Mm. Verse 13, he will take your daughters. And now, don't think your daughter's safe either. Oh, that's right. That's right. The draft will eventually be coming for them, too. Well, of course, there's no difference between a son and a daughter, right, Pastor right, they're the same. Right. There's no distinctive. No, it's all flat. It's, it's all, all flat. When all the flat. household is flattened, 
There's no hierarchy when gender distinctions are no longer recognized. Mm. Don't think that the draft won't soon come for your daughters. Mm. Verse 14, he will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. So he's going to take your land. Now, how did he take the land? With a, you know, uh, with, with a sword directly? Or perhaps was it through property tax over an extended period of time? Or was it from increased income tax so that the farmers could no longer make a profit to keep the land? Hmm. One way or the other, through taxation, through stimulus checks, or through <laughs> the point of a sword, he yeah. would take your land from you, take your family's land. He will exercise sovereignty and eminent domain over it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then he, will, he won't just hold on to them. He will give them to his party affiliates. He will give them to his servants, mm. to those necessary for running this massive infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You see how the king is almost becoming like God. Right. right. The one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Mm-hmm. The one who has eminent domain. But Pastor Stewart, I render under Caesar. Amen? <laughs> I gotcha. Render under Caesar. What's the problem with that? This is not Caesar's due. Mm. He's not God. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's. And to Render God, unto what God is what is God's. That's right. Okay. The earth belongs to the Lord, says the scriptures, and the fullness thereof. Hmm. The king has no right to steal the property of households. It belongs to the Lord. God gave it to Israel. This is an amazing gospel truth. He made Israel free. They were slaves in Egypt. What did they have? Nothing. Yeah, I was going to say, nope. Maybe, some, maybe a, a, a little a cloth, a loincloth here or there. Yeah. But even that was borrowed on loan from the, the state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't have income. They didn't have profits. They didn't have land. Everything they did, 100% of the time, was totally taxed by Pharaoh. You see that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what's going to happen is this king is just simply going to take the place of Pharaoh. God set them free from slavery. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? He gave them land. Property is essential to the freedom and the dignity of men, mm-hmm. which is why thou shalt not steal is one of the Ten Commandments. Right alongside marriage, thou shalt not commit adultery. Right? He gave them property. He blessed them with rains and harvest. He set them free. Not just in their hearts. Right? He's not like a, a modern-day dispensationalist. He, he really does believe that freedom works its way all the way out into all of life. Right. It's not just freedom from anxiety. Yeah. You know, it's not just freedom from sin. It's freedom from anything which would threaten to enslave us. Mm. He gives them land. He blesses them with harvest. He takes it from the Canaanites, gives it to them, sets them free. And then what do they do? They give it back to the state. Because they, they, it's interesting. They give it back because they want more. That's the, they're saying, I want more stuff here. Take all these things. We're not satisfied in the Lord. We're not willing to wait. Mm. We don't, honestly, they don't want to obey God. There is sin at the heart of this. Right. We don't want to be accountable to God. And so they give it back. 
Pastor Stewart, when the citizens of our nation are slaves in their hearts, they will become slaves, right? Mm. In all areas of, of life. Well, it's interesting, like the, even, so we talked about at the beginning of the show, the stimulus check thing. There, <sighs> I know, there's, there's like this eagerness wait. and anticipation ah. that you're seeing. Every day I'm checking my, ooh. Right, like where, and, and I, I'm, I'm sure that it's going to be the case later on, people are still not going to have received theirs and they're going to become angry over it. You know, I'm, hey, where is my yeah. thing that I actually didn't work at all for? Or my, and then it, when it comes though, We'll all be satisfied. <laughs> His right. grace is sufficient. Dang. Hmm. That's some deep stuff. First Samuel chapter 8. In the Old Testament. Right here. Telling us what to expect. When a people are enslaved, they will be enslaved. Mm-hmm. But when God sets you free... Give it some time. Be patient. And he will set you free indeed. All the way free. All the way out to every single nook and cranny of your life. Hmm. Well, this new king in town would exercise eminent domain, draft their children, tax them to death, right? Fight their foreign wars for them. And in verse 15, you're not going to believe the audacity of this king. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his bureaucrats and to his party <laughs> affiliates. Right. Can you... He, how, he's about to take 10%. He's taking his tithes. What a monster. Yeah. How dare him? He, he thinks I'm going to work for 10% of my year for him? Mm. Does he think he's God or something? It, right? right? Indeed, he does. Right. Right. When you don't turn to God, when you don't place God over your society, your leaders will become, your leaders will begin to think themselves to be God mm. and that they deserve the 10%. Now, you got, what jumps out at you here? That it's only a tenth. <laughs> That seems like a Listen, great deal to me yes. right now. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take that level of slavery. <laughs> yeah. mm. Current tax rates for us right now are, what, 33 and a third or something? Well, you can, if you begin to count in sales tax. Oh, yeah. I was at the grocery store the other day, and my, my kids, we play this game where we guess how much the, the groceries are going to be yeah. by adding it up in the grocery cart. When they saw the tax added on, they were like, hold up. Food is taxed? I was like, listen, children. <laughs> gather around, let me gather teach around. you. <laughs> the world is not free, children. Mm. You live in this psychologically free experiment. We have freedom in our hearts, but the world is not free. Food is taxed. The fork you eat the food is taxed. The dining table that you purchase to eat the food on is taxed. It's all taxed. The air you're breathing in as you eat is taxed. Mm. If you're indoors. <laughs> they haven't figured out how to tax outdoor, outdoor air. air yet. Well, well there might be yeah. yeah, carbon emissions. Yeah, that, there you go. <laughs> EPA stuff. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. It's there. If you consider all of our taxes, many people say it's between 40 and 50%. Ooh. So what do you call someone who works for half of their year 
for someone else's profit. Well, it's a slave. Well, 50% slave. Half a slave. Half a slave. Slave light. Slavish. Yeah. Slave-esque. You know, we're 50%. Might as well go to 60. Might as well. You remember, you know, Sweden, they've got great health care. Oh, like all the other nations. If we could just have them. <laughs> right. I think France, after you make a certain point of money, they just keep all of it. Isn't it something insane, like 90% sales tax after you make over right. a million if you're too dollars successful, a year or something yeah, like success that? Success is taxed. Profit is taxed. Work is taxed. Mm. Sweat is taxed. What's not taxed is doing nothing and depending on them. They give that to their party affiliates and to their servants. Mm. So, Pastor Stewart, now that you have come out of the... The closet as a um, a nut job, <laughs> as a crazy, um, you know, I don't know what we call this. But you've come out as a crazy. People have known that I'm I'm a crazy, right? <laughs> We're in this together. At least you have a company. Maybe you can hire me later. We'll figure something out, right? <laughs> we'll make it work. <laughs> Not only is he going to take a ten percent. What? What a tyrant! He's, he's going to put himself in the place of God. He's mm-hmm. going to take your male servants and your female servants. That, today that would be thought of as uh, indentured servants or employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to take the best of your young men and, the, and your donkeys and put them to his work. He's going to decimate the small family-owned business. Mm. He's going to take a tenth of your flocks, and you shall be his slaves. Right. Which he's been saying it the whole time. Now he just says it directly, without any. You're confusion. spiritually going back to Egypt, hmm. and in that day, America, you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, whom you have elected. Slaves' votes don't count. Right? Hmm. You elected him, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. The judgment will be complete, and it will finally culminate in the Lord turning his face away from them. Mm. I can't help but listen. Maybe we are nut jobs. <laughs> but I, I see a lot of parallels I can't here. help to read this and say, we're already slaves. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Just, we just don't know it. And we, but isn't that the definition of slave? Isn't it true that slaves don't really know they're slaves? Because they're totally slaves. Mm, to be completely enslaved, yeah. They're yeah, mentally yeah. enslaved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're enslaved ultimately to our sin, to our lusts, to our desires for our neighbor's property, for our desires for ease and comfort. We want a king to rule over us, to judge us, to save for us, provide social security for us, to take care of all health and wealth mm-hmm. and, and welfare and prosperity. We want this. Because we want to be given it. Yeah, but see, and the easy parallel to draw right right now, so per- Bernie Sanders dropped out of the race, but we can still make reference to him. The easy parallel to draw here is to say we are going to get free college. We're going to get free health care. We're going to get free. Give us all these other things so we can be like the other nations, right? Yeah. And really or our what neighbors. We're, what we're saying is, well, we're entering deeper and deeper into slavery. We're saying tax us more the, so that we can have these other free things. That's Well, th- when you're totally a slave and, and, and your master gives you your um, one quarter cup of rice each evening, hmm. you don't realize that that had to be earned. You might actually think that the master has all this abundance. 
you know, I, I really don't think that genuinely the hearts of many American citizens, I don't think they realize that wealth cannot be created from nothing. Mm-hmm. They really do think it's free, or they think they're entitled to other people's wealth. Mm-hmm. That's really what's going on here. And it's not just, he's a great example, but it's not just Bernie Sanders. If it was just one segment of the population, right. it wouldn't be like this. Right. It's all of us. It's, it's all of the political parties. It is our worldview. It, it, is the, it is the air we breathe. It's the way we work. When a people are enslaved in their hearts... Mm-hmm. Their work will be enslaved, their hands will be enslaved, their families and children will be enslaved. All of life will be enslaved. So what's the way forward? See, this is why our number one strategy at Christ Church is to build and to strengthen the Christian household. Mm. Because it begins in the family. Parents instructing their children in what it means to be free free from sin mm-hmm. on account of the atonement and the redemption given to us by Jesus Christ. Free to trust him in his word that he would set us free indeed. Amen. Free to look to his law as a path of life and goodness and a guide in this world. It has to begin there and work its way out mm-hmm. from that point forward. Mm-hmm. It, it we're not talking about revolution. Right. We're not talking about breaking the rule. We're not talking about anarchy. Right. We're talking about slow, it's steady, a, right. faithfulness it's a slow to plan. God and his word, especially toward our children. Right. Imagine what it could be like in three generations, two generations, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, historically Amen. growing and learning if, and if more people coming into the fold. just had a pocket of fold, people that yeah. at least acknowledged our, our society is enslaved. Right. A pocket of people that lived free and mm-hmm. were free under God. Wow, imagine the impact that that could have. Amen? Amen. Look, this is a Amen. case study in tyranny. First Samuel chapter 8. Oh, I thought, oh, I thought we were talking about modern day America. No, we're and talking we about first chapter. we are oh. <laughs> talking about today. <laughs> yeah. These historical narratives have been given to us as examples. Hmm. That's helpful. Man, yeah. great stuff. Great stuff. Well, guys, if you got questions or anything, um, don't hesitate to drop them into the feed as we're wrapping up today's show. You can also email them to me, Stuart, at wearechristchurch.com. Be more happy to answer these kind of things. This has been super helpful for me. I'm sure that it has been for people out there yes. who are watching as well. Good, good. Um, you guys can also find these feed, like we referenced at the beginning of the show, at our sermon audio feed, We Are Christ Church. Um, just search sermon audio for We Are Christ Church. And we also, exciting news. I'll go ahead and start talking about yeah, it now. Go ahead. We're yeah, about yeah. to start completely revamping our uh, media production side of things with website, multiple podcast feeds, all kinds of cool stuff. So over the next several weeks, you guys will start to see that dropping and coming in. And um, I'd appreciate it if y'all would consider maybe donating to support these kind of things. All this stuff costs money. You see us sitting in a sea of computers and microphones. You can go to paypal.me slash wearechristchurch to donate there to help continue to purchase equipment and subscribe to new podcast feeds and all that kind of stuff. But 
That ends today's show, God and Government, um, the idea, the case study in tyranny. Super, mm-hmm. super helpful. Uh, and we will see you guys later on next time. Don't forget about the rest of the things coming up this week. Um, let's talk with Pastor Kirk. Um, I don't know if he has a show this week. He probably does. Well, I'll touch base with him. And then on Friday, we've got How to Dad with Pastor Joe and Pastor Scott. Uh, and then on Sunday, we got our normal church worship service, quarantine-style worship, um, sermon times, all that stuff. Um, If you guys are new to the quarantine, I want to encourage you to enter into some family worship times. Maybe you've never done it before. We've got great explainer videos up on our uh, Christchurch media feed for you to get connected with and all those kind of things. Resources upon resources upon resources for you guys. So take advantage of those things, and I guess we will see you guys next time. Next time. See you next week.